1963, a student rabbi was sent to a small southern town to conduct Yom Kippur services at a synagogue too small to have its own resident rabbi. The night before, there had been a heavy rain, and the gutters along the road were filled with mud. Approaching him on a narrow sidewalk was an older black woman, toothless, dressed in a faded calico coat, a ragged straw hat on her head, and canvas shoes with holes in them on her feet. Her head? Her head was bowed down. When she was about 20 feet away, she stepped into the muddy gutter to let the young rabbinical student pass by. The student thought to himself that given the teachings of the Talmud, as well as simple human decency, he should be the one to step into the muddy gutter and let the older woman pass by. The moment had a profound and lasting effect on the young student, now a distinguished theologian and a professor. Forty-five years later, he still remembers that incident, and he says this about it. To that older woman, I did not represent the Torah or basic human dignity. To her, I represented centuries of those who have publicly humiliated her and her people. Her long experience had taught her that her safety, maybe even her life, depended on humility, humiliating herself. So on the holiest day of the year, when I was supposed to feel that I was being cleansed before God, I felt profoundly dirty, not for what I had done, but for what I represented to this woman who had debased herself because of my very presence before her. I took that writing from David Novak in a writing entitled First Things. See, today's gospel passage portrays Jesus as a teacher, as a teacher whom they claim possesses an authority immediately perceived by his hearers, an authority that is centered in the very example of his own compassion his own empathy for those he has been called to serve. Such authority comes not from the power to enforce, but it comes from the ability to inspire. The student rabbi discovers that his ministry will find its fulfillment not in his exalted status before a future congregation, but in the life like yours and mine, a life where he will struggle to lead in the midst as he seeks to bring God to them and they seek to bring God to him. See, our prayer should be that we seek to possess the authority of the gospel, Jesus, that we might become truly men and women of empathy, compassion, selfless generosity to all those whom we have been called to teach, 
to guide and to serve. Authority and power are difficult words oftentimes in our lives. The year of my ordination before I was ordained, I was working at Holy Cross Hospital in Silver Spring, Maryland. I had moved from nursing care into um, chaplaincy care and worked the night shift at Holy Cross Hospital, usually about four nights a week, mostly in the emergency room for Holy Crosses on 495, which is the beltway around the District of Columbia. And so any accidents that took place on 495 were all sent directly to Holy Cross. Just before my ordination, we were having evaluations of the group of us who were student chaplains. One of my colleagues and peers was a religious sister of St. Mary of Oregon. She was on a year of sabbatical from teaching and now pursuing perhaps her next vocation, working as a hospital chaplain. And Sister Mary was evaluating me. We each had to evaluate one another, not an easy process. In the midst of a sister's reflection and evaluation of me, she looked at me and said, my religious name, of course, was Giles and not Dennis. She looked at me and said, Brother Giles, you are a very powerful person. And slowly I felt myself beginning to kind of melt away and began to weep silently. A sister immediately looked at me and said, Giles, what's the matter? I'm saying this in a wonderful way. You are such a powerful person. You empower people. But see, for me, the word power was one that I used negatively in my experience, especially in religious community, where so often superiors used power not to empower others, but to hold people down, to crush them, to manipulate them. And so when Sister Mary said that I was powerful, I thought that I certainly had failed in that which I had tried to do at Holy Cross Hospital. It took conversations with Sister Mary and with several of the other chaplains before my ordination to come to another understanding of what it meant to be a person with authority and not just a person with power. See, Jesus used his authority always to lift up, to raise up another, to free people from all that which they felt bound by in their lives. That's what the young rabbinical student discovers on that simple walk. He realizes that just his demeanor, his very presence has the power to lift up or to cast down. See, as people of faith, as people who say we follow the Lord Jesus, the call and the challenge for us, I believe, is that we possess that authority of Jesus. 
but it be expressed by our kindness and our care, our compassion, our mercy, and our love for one another. Oh, it's far easier to use power on other people so that we can, in some way, manipulate them to do what we want. But God's invitation is for us to help people to become who they dream for themselves to be. That's, for me, the call of discipleship. That's the call in our lives, the call to utilize the power that God has given to you and to me. Someone asked me earlier today in the confessional, what was the difference between, between gossiping about a person or, or just seeking advice about a person or just telling someone a story about another? My response is, it depends if it lifts the person up or if it casts them down. This week, let's be followers of Jesus. Let's recognize the power that we have received from God. A power to lift one another up and not cast each other down a power that sets people free, not one that holds them bound, and authority that brings hope to their hearts. <laughs>